everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? I figured today, Matt, since this is kind of a Kentucky-based episode, um, that I would skip my normal, you know, uh, other country that I'm trying to say hello. Ah, uh, uh, really? Yeah, but I'm going to replace it with, like, some words that people in Kentucky say um, for greetings. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, hey, um, that's that's a popular one, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, howdy. Have you heard that often? Um, not so often, I guess. Yeah, a lot of people still um, do say howdy. Uh, like howdy neighbor, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Heidi. Have you, has anybody said Heidi to you? Uh, no. And not that I recall. Yeah, so it's like Heidi and Heidi do. <laughs> Heidi ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you can, I guess. So those are, um, you know, some of the interesting ones. But I, I, I do remember a lot of people saying Heidi. <laughs> really? Um, huh. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, I think it's like a version of howdy, but, you know, with a, like, Heidi. Yeah, what's So, anyways, um, Heidi, howdy, hey, uh, hello to everyone out there. <laughs> okay. So, this week, uh, the Kentucky State Fair is taking place. Yeah. It's actually an 11-day event, so it's already been taking place, but there's still another week if you've missed out on... Uh, some of the fun. Uh, I haven't been. I, I don't think I've ever been there. So, well, you are missing out. Um, there's. Have you been to any state fairs? Um, I went to one in New York, and you know, like the county fairs and stuff are really big up there. So I've been to a few of those. Um, and so, what kinds of things did they have? I mean, some of them were agriculture-based, and, um, like, there was one in particular that I went to a lot when I was younger, and that was the fair in Dutchess County, which is where I lived, and, um, you know, they had a lot of agriculture-based stuff, uh, you know, um, think, you know, tractors and, you know, uh, horses and cows and sheep and things like that. The 4-H stuff, and so, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I think uh, a lot of fairs have that in common, it, it seems like. Um, and there's usually some amusement park rides. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, there's uh, there a lot of rides there, a lot of games, lots of food. Um, food, yes, definitely food. Yeah, the uh, kazoo guy, food. guy that played kazoos and sold them and stuff. Aw. He was there every year. <laughs> Zoos. Yeah, he wore like a bozo wig, you know, um, multicolored <laughs> wig, and he would just stand there and sell kazoos all day. 
Did you buy one? Um, I may have at one point, but I don't recall. Well, you know, it is a fine instrument. So, Indeed uh, it is. I actually have a golden kazoo. And that could be worth some money, so I'd hold on to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of memories. In a box there somewhere. <laughs> well, um, you know, also a big attraction to state fairs is entertainment. Um, oh, yeah. People every, you know, they're always waiting to see, like, who is going to be performing. Right. And um, there's been a lot of concerts already taking place. Uh, but Thursday, this coming Thursday, is going to be Night Ranger. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I love Night Ranger. Uh, you know, it just kind of takes you back to the 80s or whatever. Yeah. I wasn't sure they were still together. Well, uh, together and performing Thursday. That's uh, awesome. At the Kentucky State Fair. All right. uh, and all this is um, part of the Texas Roadhouse Concert Series. So they are... Um, sponsoring the entertainment cool. uh trace adkins is going to be there on friday oh nice he's, he's pretty good as well yeah um and sunday when the fair closes um is lee greenwood so he is the final concert performance hmm. okay now, saturday oh well you want to know why he did that sure because our guest today on this episode is performing saturday oh okay cool I, well it's more than cool like i mean we are getting to interview someone performing at the kentucky state fair yeah. on saturday so yeah he's, i believe he's opening for someone is that true nico moon oh yeah okay that should be a good show it's going to be a great show. Um, what a contrast there of music style. Yeah, and our guest this week is... I don't want to say just yet because there's a couple more things that take place at the fair I want to like talk about before we introduce the guest. Okay, you know, sorry. Listen I'm... just a little bit longer. Yeah, I'm a little, little out of order here. So, go ahead. <laughs> out of order. <laughs> <laughs> Put a, like a little note on you. Back right, out yeah. of order. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, you mentioned like livestock and things like that, and um, so um, there's gonna be like goats and sheep and parades of those, and you know, competitions. Right. Um, and um, there's also like if you um. A largest pumpkin and largest watermelon. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> if you grow those, you could enter that contest. You know, um, I sort of remember something like that, like the largest pumpkin or something like that. I know, like, they're, like, entering, like, pies and things like that are a big deal. Um, actually, my brother, my oldest brother, Peter, he, he enters, like, well, he used to. I don't know if he still does, but... Uh, he would enter stuff all the time into the bake, baking contests and did fairly well, I think. Well, I would like to be a judge for the baking contest. <laughs> yeah. All kinds of things, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, I don't know how they do that because, like, I mean, if like if they have a bunch of judges and they eat the the entry, then what do they show? 
right? <laughs> a half-eaten pie or something. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they just show like the person that baked it with the ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they make them make like two of them. Yeah, that, that sounds more reasonable. Yeah, they, you know, have your picture made with like the fake one or right. whatever. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe they'll invite us to like be guest. Um, yeah, taster. guest guest taste taste testers. Yeah. Well, they also have, and I didn't know this, but we've had a guest on before that um, talked about this. But homebrew beer. Um, you know, they have a contest for that as well. Oh, we need to get into be the judges for that one <laughs> well uh you know if you remember uh mike tilbrook that we had he was uh micro brewing there at oh home, yeah yeah that's uh, right in california but yeah. still uh you know so just a lot of things uh, at the kentucky state fair and we encourage people to go check that out if you uh have some extra time or you've never been to the state fair yeah hopefully the weather's gonna be good i'll have to make it up there one of these where is it exactly is it uh so in louisville oh okay yeah i'll have to make it out there one of these years yeah maybe next year we'll go and interview in person um you know one of the music guests after we have like been judges for yeah that'd be awesome (laughs) Yeah, so see, I've got it all planned out. Like we Indeed you know, you do. taste the the pies and all that, and then do the the home brew, and then go to the concert and do an interview, or you know something so, like that. So, just out of curiosity, what was your favorite thing at the fair? Like favorite food or whatever? Oh my gosh, you know I can't decide on that because like you know if you have funnel cakes and those are always good, and then there's just like there's like it would be easier to say the things I don't like than <laughs> I do. So, uh, yeah. So I'm pretty much open to anybody listening out there that wants me to be a judge. <laughs> <laughs> Any of your foods, uh, you know, I'm willing. Someone was uh, judging the ham biscuits contest. So, uh, the what? Ham biscuits. What is so, that? You know, like biscuits with ham on. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking, like, I was thinking it was, like, biscuits with ham in them. Well, not you know, as, it is, it not, is. Not as, like, that. a sandwich, but, like, it's, you know, you chop up ham and mix it in with the dough or something. Yeah. You know, that'd be creative. I'd, like, maybe give some points for that. <laughs> Creativity. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> Yeah. Now, though, we, we can talk about um, our guest that we have. He um, is, you know, is performing, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. He's uh, from American Idol. Um, yeah. Many people watched him, cheered for him on that. And he has a unique style um, of country music. You know, you see he's uh, a young country artist, um, but he has. Uh, a love for older country or traditional country music. Right. So, it's incredible. I can't wait to talk to him and just hear his backstory and all the amazing projects that he's got going on. Yeah, uh, it should be uh, 
should be an interesting interview. Um, do you want to say who it is? I think we should now. Uh, this is going to be Alex Miller. I'm so excited. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's uh, talk to Alex and try and find out what his favorite fair food is. I know. I wonder what it could be. Hmm. All right. Well, here we go. Hey, everybody. It's Kat, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. Alex Miller is our guest today. Alex, we are so excited to have you on Backstory Sessions. Welcome. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun today. Well, you, I mean, you have a, a lot of things in your backstory for such a young age, really. Um, and when we want to talk to you about some of them, the latest album that you have, I think it came out maybe in April. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be performing at the Kentucky State Fair next week. You're songwriting. You've got a new song coming out. And I, I saw a video opportunity for some lucky fans of yours. So you just got a lot of stuff going on. I sure do. I like to keep the the hens in the house and keep the hens a moving. And they're always laying eggs, so I'm always busy. So that's uh, I, I like to stay busy and uh, always got something going on. It's but it's a blessing, I tell you. Well, we want to get a little bit of the backstory of you as well. Uh, when we posted that uh, you were going to be on our podcast. We had a lot of our listeners to write. Uh, they were excited, of course. And um, they had some questions, too, that they wanted us to ask you. But there was one uh, comment that really stood out to me. And that came from um, Teresa Roundtree in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And her comment was that you are one of the few artists that she and her mother both like to listen to. So, um, you know, how does it feel to have such a universal appeal? Well, you know, I, 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 it's one of them things I really don't try to do. It, I guess it just happens. You know, I, I had some questions like this before, and, and you know, I just, I just try to be myself. You know, I'm, I'm genuinely having a good time and, you know, enjoy talking to folks and performing and singing. And I think that comes across, um, and uh, I think that's why Teresa and her mom are, are, are enjoy, enjoying my music is because it's genuine. It's who I am, and um, you know, whenever the day the day when the day comes that I'm doing something that I it's not me is the day that I I feel like that'll change, and um, that that day ain't ever gonna happen. So I'm I'm in good <laughs> and we're in good shape. <laughs> yeah, well, I would imagine as an artist, you know, the wider range you could appeal to. Uh, will keep you relevant, uh, you know, longer because you you have young fans and, mm-hmm. you know, you are a young person. Um, but the style of music, perhaps, um, you, you um, have embraced older country sound. And, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, that is something we don't see a lot of for someone your age. So what is it about... Um, that time period of music that you like what appeals to you well you know i i gravitate towards that because of my raising um i always point to that um i grew up listening to you know hank williams and all the old stars and um that was because of my granddad 
that definitely was the, the influence there for that. You know, he listened to the Opry and stuff back in its its heyday. And, um, you know, I, I grew up hearing all about the Opry and hearing about all these old stars and um, started listening to their music with him. And it was, uh, it was kind of a good bonding thing for me and him. And uh, it, it led me to want to start, you know, pursuing that and pursuing music and, and singing. And that's that's kind of where that old school country comes from is from where I grew up. You know, I'm in a small little town. And most of the folks around here like, you know, older, the true country music is what I call it. You know, calling it old, it ain't old. It's just, uh, it's just been asleep for a little while. I'll put it that way. And uh, I just, I just enjoy doing the music that I enjoy. And uh, I think that other folks enjoy it too. And it's, it's, it's nostalgic for a lot of people. And uh, I, I, I think that's where my niche is, is it's kind of, kind of gets folks. Well, I remember songs that sounded like that years ago and this, that, and the other. And, uh, it seems to be working pretty good for me. So was your grandfather musical as well? Well, you know, I actually didn't know this until the other day, but uh, I found a picture of him with a guitar, and it's a little old little parlor guitar, and uh, he did play a little. He, he knew like, you know, a G, C, and a D, kind of your your basic, uh, right. basic chords, and that's kind of what, um, you know, he didn't teach me nothing as far as, um, you know, musically, he didn't know he didn't teach me nothing, but he taught me everything else, you know, life lessons and things to do and things to not do and how to treat people. And, um, you know, I think that's just as important as learning how to play and sing as being nice to folks. And uh, I think a lot more artists need that kind of training than they do musically, really. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, and you grew up on a farm, right? Yes, I grew up working. That's exactly what I grew up doing. I, I, I have raked hay and I baled hay. I've helped get cows up. I've fixed fence. You name it, I've done it uh, farm-wise. And, um, you know, that that's a it's, – music and farming are very similar. They're both kind of gambling on chance and luck, um, you know, because a farmer never knows when he's going to have enough rain for a crop to come up, and an artist never knows if he's going to have enough shows to make it through the year. So <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a very, very similar thing. It's like going to Vegas on both of them. I was going to ask you um, if some of farming, you know, carried over into music, some of the skills or life lessons that you learned. Um, and maybe you could answer, you know, the question of which came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, I think one of the things that carried over so much from farming uh, had to had to have been uh, the work ethic because um, you can't. You can't make it in the music business without putting in a little work. That's for sure. You know, you got to work on your talent. And I think, you know, people are gifted with things. And, and I honestly believe if someone wants to do something enough, they can do it. Now, there's exceptions to that. But, you know, I wanted to play country music, and I wanted to be a uh, singer and uh, a performer. And uh, I worked at it and, uh, you know, developed my skills over time. And it's now to the point where my, you know, dream is kind of coming true. And uh, that's uh, I, I I never thought in a million years that uh, you know I'd be doing this now, and uh, you know I I put in the work I've played I've played everything from <laughs> it feels like I've played everything from marriages and divorce ceremonies, but um, <laughs> I've probably played everything in between there. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so when you're you were listening to music with your grandfather, um, did you listen on a record player or um, you know what? what type of music did your grandfather did he have cds well he had everything you know we i i remember him, uh we got an old victrola so he used to bring out that and you know put like with actual needles and everything 
Like I'm talking like a crank up one of a '78 records. He used to wow. he used to bring that out, and we used to play like old Carter Family and Jimmy Rogers records that he had. I used to listen to them. I remember that. And and one of my early influences was like Trains. I had my, I was a kid. I, I liked the old show uh, Thomas the Train, and so he had you know Johnny Cash on CD and on vinyl and stuff, and I listened to that. And another big thing I listened to was a, a little local radio station uh, called WRVK. It's fourteen sixty WRVK. It's still in still in business. In fact, I'm going to make a visit with them here shortly. But they uh, they started me out, and you know I, I listened to all the stuff they played like bluegrass music and old country and and stuff like that and, and religious music, you know. And um, I I listened to that because we'd always all be on the farm, and that was about the only station we could get there. So that was always the station we listened to, and Granddad liked it because the music they played. And so that exposed me to a lot of different things, as well as the records we listened to. And um, I also watched, um, there's a, I think it's Gataway Productions did these things back in the 50s. And I used to come in from school and watch these old Opry videos of, you know, Ernest Tubb and Farron Young and a lot of them old guys. And I'd come in from school, I would eat my, eat my uh, I guess that'd be dinner, I'd eat my dinner. And, and watch them play and sing. And uh, I had a, a little guitar at the time and would try to play along and this, that, and the other. So uh, that kind of started me out on this too. So it's one thing to love music, but how did you know that you had a gift or talent for it? Well, I'll tell you, I, uh, I used to play little league ball. I used to play little league t-ball and I sucked. I was about the worst player. I, I'd sit out there and pick grass. You know, I, I, I wasn't more than nothing. But and I, I got on this all-star team when I was a kid. And, you know, I, I mean, I guess I was good enough to do that. And when I got on there, it was all this practicing, all this, this, that, and the other. And I was like, man, I'm not good enough to be Babe Ruth. I need to go out and find something I'm really good at. And so, you know, I, I grew up with music all my, all my you know, young life. Whenever I, this was about, I was about seven years old. And I, this was making life, <laughs> life lessons, life lessons here. So uh, I was like. Well, you know, uh, ball ain't cutting it. I'm going to have to do something else. And so I uh, I thought, you know, I always watch these people sing and play and always just been enamored by it. And uh, let me see what I can do. So at six, I said, well, I'm gonna, I want you all to take me to get some guitar lessons. You know, I said that. That wasn't my parents pushing me. That was me. Wow. And I think at that moment... Uh, that's whenever I was like, well, this is what I want to do because they're spending some money to take these lessons. I'm going to, I'm going to have to be good or, <laughs> or quit. And so I, I made my mind up right then and there that that's what I wanted to do. And, um, uh, I did it and, um, uh, I've been, you know, I'm still working at it. You know, you, you always keep working and, um, you're still looking for a number one record, but, uh, number 35 with this last one was, was okay. But, um, uh, still working and you know that that's where i think it came from was me at six years old so uh been at it quite a while and so when you did go to the guitar lessons did you you had a different feel than you did about your skill at t-ball you yeah. <laughs> oh yes uh you know i was i was terrible but i knew i could get better at playing guitar there wasn't no hope for me at baseball <laughs> 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 so when you went on then from you know six and seven you're really young uh did you start performing the, you know around that age or did that yes. come later it actually started whenever i was three um i i, I like josh turner and I, I still like josh turner in fact i got to open for him uh last year uh but i liked the song long black train of course that was one of my favorite because i was in the trains right so that was that was one that uh, caught my attention 
And um, so I, I listened to the song and, and I sung it at church. And I was three years old and sung that song at church to karaoke tracks. I'm sure it was horrible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at three years old, it doesn't really, don't really matter. And you're in church anyway. So, I mean, nobody's going to judge you. And if you do bad, they at least pray for you. So, uh, <laughs> so that, that was kind of my first memory of performing and playing. And whenever I started taking guitar lessons, I learned a song called My Bucket's Got a Hole in It. I Can't Bind No Beer. At seven. <laughs> that was, I thought that was the funniest. Everybody thought that was the funniest thing. Because I'd get up there and, and sing that little song about beer. And uh, so <laughs> I, I, I did that at seven. And the, the first place I remember playing was a place called, uh, uh, well, I, I get it was called the Tobacco Festival. It, we had, still have it. I think it's, it's August the 26th or something. We're still putting that thing on. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're proud. We were proud. We were used to be tobacco farmers whenever I was a kid. So that's kind of where this, my neck of the woods is kind of what we're known for. Uh, but, uh, so we had, I started singing at seven at the tobacco festival and I looked like a little George Strait. had this big white, big white Stetson hat on and white shirt and uh, blue jeans. And I had white boots on, but they weren't men's shoes because I couldn't find no white boots of men. So I got me some women's shoes and put them on. And uh, so I, I looked cute as a button and I might have to send you some pictures of that, but, um, yes. <laughs> but uh, we, I started with that. And then I, I, there was a place, the, the place where I really considered myself starting. You know, that was kind of a one-time deal. But I really considered my start at a place called the Bergen Barn. And it was run by a guy named Tommy Hurst over in Mercer County, Kentucky. And it was a little old place, but, you know, it, was, uh, it had a lot of older folks that would come and listen to music. They had a great band. Uh, I'm still in touch with some of the folks that used to play in that band to this day. And um, uh, that's where I considered my start because I kind of was a regular there. I would come every week and play and sing and uh that's really where i learned to cut my chops and you know how to entertain a crowd so is um guitar the only instrument that you play or did you branch out from there well I, you know i play guitar and i still you know still do um I, that was that's kind of my main instrument but yes i do play other things my my second instrument i would call it is a steel guitar. Now, I'm not talking pedal steel. I'm talking like Hank Williams style of playing. And I actually play it at my shows. And um, so what I'll do is I'll play guitar lead for a little while and set that down and then go over the steel and play it during my show. And uh, people seem to really enjoy that because, you know, there's not a lot of people uh, playing steel guitar right now. Right. And uh, I just enjoyed the sound of it ever since I was a kid and uh, said, hey, why not pick up something else and be useful and try to learn to do something besides guitar because Heaven knows there's a million guitar players out there, but there ain't too many still. And so, uh, trying so, trying to do something a little different. And plus, play on our plan. Get find a steel player to play on your records ain't easy either. So I thought <laughs> if I learned how to do it, I wouldn't have to pay nobody to do it for me. <laughs> so in high school, were you uh, involved in choir and band and you know musical uh, activities, or did you go back to sports, or um, what did you do? Well, you know, I should have I should have been a football player in my second life, but um, I because I, I I'm, my my high school tried to recruit me so bad it wasn't even funny, but I I just wasn't no count. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be, and uh, my uh, but in, in school I in middle school was kind of where I took choir and band and stuff. I had a great choir teacher. Uh, his name was Joshua Fletcher, and uh, he was a great cat, and he he. Uh, he worked with me a little bit on my music, um, 
you know, show me kind of how to hold pitch and how to breathe and things like that. And I always appreciate that from him. And, um, but that was just in middle school. And when I got to high school, it was all of, uh, you know, I, I just was there. I didn't really didn't play sports, but I was involved in a club, uh, called FFA. And that was kind of what I did in school was I was involved in that and was an officer in that. And, uh, actually was a regional officer in uh, my last year of high school, but I didn't, I wasn't a very good regional officer cause I had American Idol and all that other stuff going on. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I did. I, that was my thing was uh, FFA, and um, it's it's led me to a lot of different things as well. Yes, that's a great organization. Um, a lot of opportunities uh, for students that are a part of that. Yeah. So, where where does the songwriting begin? The first song I remember writing, uh, it was horrible. I, I was, but you know, everything starts off bad. But you know, you ain't got to have room for improvement, right? Uh, I was maybe nine, eight, nine, somewhere in there when I first remember writing songs. Um, and, you know, I, I wrote all through high school and, and um, still write, you know. And uh, the, the best song I wrote, I remember writing this in sixth grade. I was sitting in a science uh, class was I'm overused to get over me. I wrote that. Shows how much I paid attention to school. I was writing songs in the class, but uh, I, think the, I think it paid off more than that science class did. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I wrote, I'm over used to get everybody in the middle of science class. And uh, we have a school, we have a school talent show. And uh, the sixth, seventh, eighth graders could all perform and play. And uh, I signed myself up in the sixth grade to sing this song that I wrote about an ex girlfriend. And um, so I, you know, I, I did it for the teacher that was involved with it. And they said, well, we really like that. Why don't you get up there and sing it for the talent show? And I said, okay. So uh, I went up there and I, had this big old embroidered cowboy shirt. What I went out and played with on the weekends is what I wore. And I had a big old cowboy hat on and the blue jeans and these sharp red boots. I still have them. Today. <laughs> I got a pair of something like them. They're, they're the slickest pair of shoes I'm ever going to own. And uh, so I, I got up there and got to singing this song about my ex-girlfriend. And the crowd was going nuts. I mean, they were clapping and cheering and hooting and hollering. And uh, they even stood up towards the end of the song. And uh, right then I knew, I was like, well, I've got a career in songwriting because if I can make these kids do this, then I need to figure out some other songs I can write that make the kids do this too. So um, I will say, you know, I did that. The kids stood up, but uh, my ex-girlfriend, she sure didn't stand up. She, <laughs> she, uh, she come up and gave me a good little talking to her after I got done. <laughs> told me how I should never do the song again. And uh, I got her again when I did it on, on American Idol because I did it in front of national television. And, uh, she really got mad at me then, but... Um, it was it was it was a lot of fun i will say well i was gonna ask because you know um when i wrote the question or i'm thinking of it i didn't know like at what age this breakup had happened (laughs) um you know young love and all uh most breakup songs are you know more like slow and sad and this one's kind of up tempo and like um you know not quite the breakup song you would expect so uh, why did you choose for it to be more upbeat and happy sounding? Because, uh, you know, you, like you said, I hear a lot of them songs about breakups, too. And it, it really just happened because that's how the song was written. That's how I heard it. Um, I really wasn't intentionally trying to do anything. It just kind of had to come out. But, you know, when bringing up, you bring up a good point. I, you know, I think a lot of people like it because of uh, because it is upbeat. You know, breakups suck. 
usually <laughs> one party. And, uh, you know, I tried to put a different spin on a breakup song, and I think I did it fairly well, uh, especially for a six year, for a sixth grader. <laughs> but uh, uh, you're right. You know, a, a, lot of, a lot of breakup songs are all about the negative. But, you know, maybe it's a good thing somebody broke up with you. Move on and find somebody better for you in the first place. Hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure she likes that advice as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You know, <laughs> Just out of curiosity in the sixth grade, you know, did someone break up? Did she break up with you through a note or did she just tell you? She, well, I mean, it really was no words even spoken. She, I saw her in the hallway with some other dude holding his hand. I said, well, this ain't, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this ain't going to work here. And she, I said, this ain't, I mean, and, and uh, she said, well, we're going to have to break up. And I said, okay. And so she broke up with me and that, like a week later. She came back to me and said, Alex, I'm I'm so sorry, but can we get back together? And I said, no, and I'm over you. Get over me. And that's how the idea for the song come about. <laughs> uh, do you find as a songwriter now that uh, many of your songs are based on uh, personal experiences? Yes, and uh, a, a lot of I, I get uh, I'm, <laughs> people compare me to Taylor Swift. A lot of my songs are about breakups. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I pull from things like that. You know, my, my folks got divorced whenever I was a kid, too. And that also led me to music. And so I think a lot of my songs about breakups when I was younger because that was a way for me to kind of deal with that. And, you know, no, no offense to mom and dad at all because they get along fine and they have a great relationship now. But uh, I, that was my way of kind of, you know, dealing with what was going on with everything around me, I think, was the way I would describe that. Sure. What's been your favorite song that you've written? Well, uh, as far as uh, as far as lyrically and musically, I, I would definitely say "Through with You" is one of my favorites. It's one that I wrote. Uh, I guess it had been about two years. Oh my gosh, it's been about two years ago. I wrote that song, um, and it's a breakup number too. I'm just good at that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this was the, this was one that I wrote after I got off American Idol, and you know they they the folks on the show, the judges that is. Uh, wanted me to do something a little more modern, a little more progressive. And, uh, you know, that was my way of doing it. I mean, I went from maybe doing stuff from the 50s to the 90s, so I guess uh, I guess that's progressing. Some. <laughs> but uh, um, that's that was my uh, kind of test the water, see if folks like the, like my like my style of music and like kind of what I'm the direction I'm heading. And, uh, you know, I got um, the news of artists never wants to hear a country artist, you know, you're too. You seem like you're too country for radio, and and this song was the only one off my record that we released, and uh, it got on radio. So, um, you know, as an artist, that's what you got to try to chase, and you know, it's, it's sad, but it's it's true, and uh, you know, you can't be living in the past, and you know, I think a lot of folks try to do that, and I I enjoy music from the past. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I wanted to see what Alex Miller sounded like and what he could do, and. Um, that's kind of the direction of through with you and, and the, the direction of my music going forward. So do you look forward someday to writing the, the wedding song when you find the right one? <laughs> well, yes, I, I definitely am looking for that. Um, <laughs> I think I can pull her off too. Um, it'd be nice to write something about somebody leaving me. <laughs> or, or somebody I'm over, somebody I'm over writing about them. I, I, would, I, I definitely think I will write a proposal song. I think that's that's just my nature. So uh, expect that in the next uh, 
10 years or so. Well, whenever that happens, you have to come back to Backstory Sessions and tell us about it. <laughs> I, I most certainly will. I most certainly I will. will. I'll be looking forward to it. Uh, so we definitely want to talk about Miller Time, which is a great title, by the way. Who thought of that? That was me. That was me. That was my doings. I I don't know nothing about, you know, being 19, I, I don't know nothing about the actual Miller Time, so I thought I'd give folks the non-alcoholic version. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, there again, you probably have a wide uh, audience appeal <laughs> for people liking the title for many reasons. Yeah. But um, so that came out, uh, was it April? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. And uh, what has been the response to that? Folks love it. Um, when folks uh, seem to really enjoy the classic country feel of the record, um, but it seems like the singles have done uh, exceptionally well. Um, I had uh, one song, uh, Through With You. It got to number 35 uh, on the country billboard charts, which blew my mind. Awesome. And then um, Don't Let the Barn Door Hit You, uh, Texas Roadhouse, they picked it up and put it in all their jukeboxes across the United States. And so when you go into Texas Roadhouse, you can find my song on, if their store has a jukebox, and you can find my song on there, which is uh, an absolute blessing for me. And uh, Don't Let the Barn Door Hit You was, was, one of the, uh, was one of my favorites off the record. And um, you know, off the off Miller time, there was five that I'd written, um, three uh, songs that were pitched to us, and uh, two covers. So uh, I had a wide variety of songs, and uh, I, I just enjoy the record. If you like older country music, then I think it's a record that you'll thoroughly enjoy. And uh, that's what I wanted to do with it, because I wanted to establish who I am and move forward and see where I can take that sound. So... Um... At the fair, at the Kentucky State Fair next week, when you mm-hmm. perform, um, is this what we'll be hearing? You'll be hearing a, a mix of things. For, for uh, you know, a state fair show, we try to put on the most up-tempo party kind of show we possibly can. So I'm not afraid or ashamed to do cover songs because I I think good music needs to be played, and so that's what I do at my shows. And uh, I will definitely be doing a lot of songs off the record. But I will be doing some cover songs, too. So if you got some cover songs out there that you like, uh, chances are that Alex Miller can put a little spin on them, too. So, Alex Miller, what is, um, you know, one of your favorite cover songs to perform? You know, I like doing a song called The House of the Rising Sun, simply because nobody expects me to do something like that. And I always like to be, uh, you know, keep people interested and keep my band on the toes. Well, Matt, we've got to go to Texas Roadhouse and, uh, you know, bring the quarter or whatever it is now, put in the jukebox. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Got to hear Alex. Uh, so, so, Alex, uh, you're, I know your time is going short. Kat, do you want to do the question? I do, but uh, I thought maybe you have one before we... Uh, all right, so Alex, I just have one question. Um, you know, I've I've seen a lot of things about all the great stuff that's happening and stuff for you, and uh, I was just curious, what's been the hardest part for you in adjusting to, you know, all the changes in your life in the last, well, since I guess Idol. Right. Um, you know, it, it, like you said, there's been a lot of changes. Um, I I went from feeding cows to you know, doing interviews and things like that. And that was kind of a different thing for me, but I've adjusted to it very well. I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think everybody thinks they adjust to stuff like this. Well, and, um, uh, it, it is different. 
you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be careful about what you say and, and things you do. And, um, you know, it, that, that, you know, people wanting to, you know, take advantage of it or do something like that, 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 that part of it, I never, I, you know, that's kind of weird to me, but, right. um, as far as like, uh, you know, my everyday life, like not a lot of things changed. I just, uh, I had to redirect a few things that were going in my life, like the farming and things like that. And, focus in on what I wanted to do and, and that's you know this playing music and and going out and playing the folks and you know it's it's nice to be able to do that and yeah. uh, I, that's a there's a very very small amount of people that can do that for a living and I'm very very thankful that I'm one of that percentage and I want to keep it that way and so uh, it's all about working hard and, and keeping your name out there and um, it's it's a little it's a lot different than farming but like I said before it's a lot it's a lot of similarities there too and uh it, it it's it's i'll just tell you this it's like being on a roller coaster every day you know mm-hmm. you get up and it's, it's something new it's like being on a yeah it's like being on a different roller coaster every day <laughs> you don't know you don't know where the loops are you, you know and uh yeah. there's ups and downs to everything and it's not just in the music business and it's in everybody's life so sure. uh, i don't feel any different all right. Uh, so next week, when you're at when you're playing the Kentucky State Fair, you're going to be opening for Nico Moon. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that should be an interesting show for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's be a good good variety there, older country and and uh, uh, you know what Nico's style is. I enjoy his music just the same. You know, I think everybody in the music business has a place. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I, I know you've gotten to meet a lot of the uh, stars of country music and other genres, I assume. Um, mm-hmm. What's been like your starstruck moment kind of thing? Well, I, uh, as actually this past weekend, I opened for Brooks and Dunn at the Iowa State Fair. Oh, wow. And uh, I tell you, that was, uh, they're so nice. They're just like down, the most down to earth folks I think I've ever met. And, and, like, if they weren't Brooks and Dunn, you wouldn't know they were, you know, just Joe Blow out in the farm, you know, <laughs> pulling the plow. And that's, that's, those are the kind of folks I like to be around. And I, uh, they were definitely some folks that, uh, when push comes to shove, I, I, I really do enjoy them. And, and, you know, I've been, I've listened to them for years. And sure. it was just nice to get to meet them and, you know, see how nice they really were. That's awesome. Well, congrats on that. All right, well, Kat. Uh, so at the end of each interview, I know you got to go, so, um, we'll make it real quick, but, uh, at the end of each interview, we've been asking our guests a random question and you get to choose who, whose question you want to answer, but we're not going to tell you what it is. We're not going to tell you what the question is beforehand. Is it question or math question? Yeah. Let's see. Cat, you've talked to him the longest. I'll take you've got to know me better. No offense, Matt, but Cat got to know me better, so I'll let her ask a question. Oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about that because I had so many. But I've narrowed it down. I'm going to ask you this one. Um, if you could relive any 60 seconds of your life every day for the rest of your life, what 60 seconds would you choose? It'd be the first time that I walked out on the Ryman Auditorium stage. Uh, Rhonda Benson invited me out uh, to one of the Bluegrass Nights at the Ryman. And so I got to go out and sing. I'm overused to get over me on the stage and do an old Bluegrass number. And if I could relive those 60 seconds, uh, those would be the 60 seconds I'd relive the rest of my life. Because it was one of the coolest nights, one of the coolest memories I'll ever have. 
and you know nothing beats your first time out on a stage like that and uh I, mine was truly special i'll put it to you that way that's a great answer um thank you for answering my question and so alex you know in closing i know you you're writing new songs you um got fans uh i saw on your facebook page where they could submit to uh, be part of a video project you've got coming up um are you able to talk anything about that um, well yeah i'll tell you i'll tell you a little bit about it so we're we're filming a little music video for a song that i'll be putting out uh this september it's called when god made the south and it's kind of a uh, an anthem, uh, not really an anthem thing. What I'd call it is like it describes kind of Lancaster, uh, but uh, you know, there's a lot of different Lancasters all across the United States. And uh, so what I what I wanted to do is a song that was up tempo. It's a little more rocky compared to a lot of things I do, but I just want to see what I could do. And so that's what I that's what we tried to set out to do with this song. And uh, I think folks are really going to enjoy it. It's a killer song. I mean, it is it is. In your face. I, I told uh, my producer when we heard it, I said, I want to get somewhere between George Strait and Kiss. And I think that's exactly <laughs> what we did. All right. Well, well um, how did you come up with the idea to involve the fans in the video? And have you know, the fan, if it, well, yeah, if it wasn't for the fans, I mean, what would, what would I be? I would just be another, another guy on the street and uh, folks seeing something in me and seeing what I'm doing and enjoying it. That's what makes me who I am, because, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's a performer. You know, if, it, if you're out doing a song or something that the people like, then what are you doing it for? Yourself, that's great and all, but, you know, those people paid to come see you, and you need to do what the people want to do. And that's the way, that's the way I think about music and performing. If I do a song in my set, and it's not getting much response, and not uh, people aren't enjoying it, then I'm going to cut it, and I'm going to do something if they do. And so that's that's the way I look at things. And uh, I think folks are really going to enjoy this song. And uh, if I can get my fans involved any way possible in my career, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. Awesome. Well, it has definitely been a pleasure to speak with you today. And I, I hope that you'll come back and be our guest again, because this is just, I mean, there's so many things we didn't get to talk about, but uh, I'm going to always remember the things we did. So um, thank you so much for being our guest. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to y'all. Y'all are like just home folks to me. So it, it's, it's nice to be able to talk to some folks that have some sense like I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, we Matt, we, we make sure you record that. Yeah. <laughs> write it on the wall. Write it on the wall. Right. <laughs> Alex Miller said we have sense. <laughs> all right alex we'll let you go uh thanks again for coming by and talking to us we really appreciate it and uh it's it, uh, it's been my pleasure y'all are great and only thing i wish is that we could have talked a little longer but uh keep them i always what i always heard was keep them coming back for more so that's what we're gonna try to do there you that's go right. you make them tell, let you come back again <laughs> that's exactly right that's exactly right all right we'll let you go thanks again hey thank y'all so much talk to you soon take care As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.